Welcome inside the newsroom. My name is Kelsey Bradshaw and I am the news editor at the University Star. Today I'm here with Nicole Barrios, the assistant news editor. Reynaldo Leanos Jr., the news director of KTSW 89.9. And I'm Tara Pulmar, one of the assistant news directors at KTSW 89.9. All right, jumping right into the headlines of this week. Some more breaking news went down on Wednesday over at the Vista's apartment. Um, a man fell from the fifth story of the complex Wednesday afternoon after allegedly attempting to rob one of its residents. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story, kind of crazy breaking news. What did you guys think about that? I know Ray ran right over there once he saw that it was happening, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I saw what was going on, I was like, I need to go over there. So I like, dashed over there. I walked as fast as I could. <laughs> um, it was really hot that day. Um, <laughs> but really what day. was interesting was when I got there was that there was like police cars still in the area. And there was a lot of the residents, I guess, or just people walking by just standing around the police cars kind of just like wondering talking to each other yeah. like asking what exactly had happened and whatnot so it's interesting to hear the conversation as, as well but when I got to the pool area where the person had fallen um, <clears throat> I noticed that there were people on the balcony and they were kind of just like looking down at the pool area and there was uh, I guess someone for maintenance there and he was cleaning up I guess afterwards mm -hmm. it was kind of like sectioned off so he was cleaning off there and so that was interesting to see um, I guess residents reactions to that definitely I mean I can't imagine if you're on the balcony next door and you <laughs> just see this happen I mean well because my reporter Mariah shout out to Mariah uh, she texted me and was like call me it's urgent and I was in class and I was like oh god what's going oh, on <laughs> and um, she was like I live at the vistas I'm here right now like there's a helicopter's coming all this do you need me to report on this I have a meeting at three and I was like no 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 you need to stay there this is very important um, and we live tweeted it and it I don't it was just crazy so yeah I mean yeah. breaking news is always interesting to cover it's, it just adds to the adrenaline exactly yeah. <laughs> makes the day go by super fast but you know you have to get things done in a certain amount of time and no. be timely about it but yeah. trying to tweet as fast as I can <laughs> yeah. and it's just it's just not every day that someone falls from a fifth story and then there's a helicopter that medevacs them to Brackenridge and Austin so it's just yeah Crazy and the, news and the again. helicopter landed near Chipotle, and my friend was texting me and was like, "Did the helicopter land on Chipotle? Is Chipotle okay?" <laughs> yes, like, Chipotle, Chipotle is fine. fine. <laughs> I'm trying to tweet. Can you please let me live my life? But yeah, his uh, condition right now and any pending charges are currently unknown. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because mm. it was a fifth story fall. Yeah, definitely want to follow up. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. Be a continuing story that we'll both be covering. And then another one of our favorite headlines this week was parking tickets, which I'm sure we've all struggled with before. And in the past two years, the number of tickets that have been issued to everyone on campus has increased from 36,774 tickets in 2013 to 40,655 in 2014. So I know I've had my fair share of parking tickets. Yeah, luckily I don't own a car, so I haven't been in Lucky that Nicole. in that increase of people. But that's that's kind of a big number. It really is. It's I mean, it's more tickets than we have students. So obviously, people are getting multiple tickets during the year. Yeah. And I mean, if it's the same people, why aren't we doing anything about that? Yeah. And the tickets range from like forty dollars to three hundred dollars. So it'd be interesting to try and tally up how much money that is. It's got to be. A lot of, a lot it's of a large cash sum. there, yeah. And I mean, does that money just go to fund parking services? I, or? I believe so. And well, I'm actually like in the Nicole boat. I've yeah. never, <laughs> never gotten a parking Join ticket here on campus just because I don't bring my car to campus. Mm -hmm. I just find just the buses to be 
I guess, convenient for me. So I've never gotten a ticket yet, I guess. Okay, well, see, I got tickets all the time freshman year because I had a green parking pass. I lived at Blanco Hall, and there was never any parking. I would, like, come back from studying art history at 3 o'clock in the morning, and there'd be no parking. And I'd park in the commuter lot and be like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I'll just come and move it. But you have to move it at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, and that was not happening. So I have had quite a few parking tickets in my day. Definitely. So moving right along, um, something else that happened this week um, on Tuesday was some big news for us and for the nation. It was National News Engagement Day. And um, this was an initiative created this summer by the Association of Education in Journalism and Mass Communication. And it was just to get students and and really everybody um, in America aware of how they engage with the news and how they consume news. And um, a hashtag was created called um, Hashtag News Engagement Day, and it was trending for a bit on Twitter. And I know that a bunch of the uh, journalism and mass comm courses here did a lot of stuff to kind of promote the day. Um, What did you guys do in your classes? Well, we didn't do anything in any of my classes, but I retweeted some things, so shout out to myself. And the class that I'm in um, with Kim Fox, um, Nicole's actually in there with me too. Yep, journalism so, project. <laughs> yeah, so what what Kim Fox had us do was go out into Texas State and talk to, just to talk to students, you know, and see and ask them, like, where they get their news from. Mm-hmm. And just other questions like, what would they like to, I guess, see in news as well? How do they get, like, their specifically their local news? Like, where do they get that from? Yeah. So just really just engage with students our age and anybody on campus and see, have a conversation about news, basically. Yeah, definitely. And I spoke to about 10 people and um, asked them where they get their news and how do they engage. And most of them said through social media. Um, Twitter was the main place and Facebook sometimes. And when they asked um, when I asked them how frequently do they engage with news, they said not too frequently, maybe twice a week, um, which is kind of, you know, sad to hear. But it is something that I would expect from our generation. Um, so I think this day was trying to like promote awareness and get everyone to be like active and watching the news and and be a part of that conversation. I think it was really cool to kind of watch everything unfold on Twitter. That was my favorite Mm -hmm. part was just watching everyone's tweets, especially here at Texas State. I thought that was really neat. And the other thing that should be easy for students to get involved with, because I know not everybody likes to read the news, but alas, we have KTSW and the Star right here on campus. So... I know we work hard with news and we love to be engaged with news, so it always works for us. Definitely. Definitely. But um, I think for the association who started it, I think it definitely did lead to kind of seeing what the future of news consumption is like for our generation. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the future, um, for the future of San Marcos, a lot of us went to the um, Wednesday night's Kona debate here in town, which was the 17th annual debate that they host. It's the Council of Neighborhood Associations, and it's just all of the city candidates for city council and mayor, and so there's seven of them, and it was really neat to see kind of how they discuss the issues that are pertinent to the city. Some of those included like housing developments. That was a really big thing for the council. I know, I mean, if a housing development comes into your neighborhood, you're kind of concerned about it. Definitely. Poverty was a big issue, environment and jobs, um, and the Capes Camp and Casey developments were also really big issues. Capes Camp is always a big issue, too. It is. Always it really controversial. is. <laughs> I, one, I think my favorite thing about the debate was just 
being able to hear audience members ask their questions. I think that was probably one of my favorite things, just because um, you get you get a perspective from them and see what issues are really important to them and have a conversation about it in a public forum where basically everything is a go. So I think that was one of my favorite things about the debate. And it's always really nice because now, I know for me, I can be involved now because back in Dallas, you know, as a kid, I couldn't vote for mayor and be, or at least go to debates and stuff and really be focused in on the issues and, you know, now working at the Star and St. Marcus is a small community and, you know, it's important to me now. So it's just, it's an interesting thing. I really like that some of the audience members actually held the candidates like responsible for answering their questions or accountable. And so, you know, the candidates would like give an answer and you kind of go around in a circle and they'd be like, no, like what is the answer to this question? And as journalists, that's something that we're like supposed to be training ourselves to do. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to hear that from community members who, you know, are going to be the voters. And so I think that's really important for voters to hold all of their to candidates expect answer, to expect yeah. that, yes. Yeah. And I guess going off that of, holding people accountable. I mean, we're, we'll move on to our next section, our next segment here, which is Quote of the Week. Quotes of the Week. Quotes Yay. of the Week. And we got ours from uh, mayoral candidate Patrick Montgomery, and he had a pretty interesting statement that he said last night. He said, Texas State students are the atrocity of the city. Because he was talking about how we're, like, the main priority of the city. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. And so kind of how the city, you know, is kind of building with Texas State University and because of Texas State that we're the fastest-growing city is what he believes. And so, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for him, I believe. Especially at the debate we're hosting, right? Yes, yeah. The University Star and KTSW will be hosting our own um, mayoral and city council debate October 27th at the LBJ Museum in the Square. So um, since that audience will probably um, predominantly be consisting of students, it'll be interesting to see if um, Patrick Montgomery takes that same stance and says a statement like that in front of a lot of students because I know at the Kona debate on Wednesday it was mostly um, older city residents. It was. So yeah. so we'll so see, see how, how that's received. React. Yeah. I want to see what, what students, yeah, what, how they say and the questions they pose after he, he might take that stance. So another quote of the week um, was from another mayoral candidate, Jonathan Sorensen, and he said at the debate on Wednesday, that the community has lost trust in what city council says and what they will do. The damage is done. We can't do it again. So this is kind of his take on um, he wants to kind of reform city council, gain that trust back with citizens. Mm -hmm. That's definitely, that was the theme, that was his theme last, or that was his theme Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And he also, I mean, his whole thing is that community members need to trust their Constituents, not constituents. Which I feel like we can all agree on. We should be able to trust the people who are leading our city. Definitely. Yeah. But Daniel Guerrero did come back and he says that he doesn't believe there is a mistrust in the community and says that he listens to constituents. And his quote was, I believe that we have listened to everyone. Which, I mean, he gave an example where there was a city council meeting with a public hearing and 72 people came to talk. And he listen- He said he listened to every single one of them, didn't cut anyone off. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, when you have examples like that, it sounds, you know, they are making an effort to listen to community members. But, I mean, to each their own. Yeah, there's always going to be people with one opinion and then people on the exact opposite side of the issue. That's why it's so. good to have the debates, right? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> And then coming up next week, we have some exciting headlines for y'all. 
Yeah, so next week, one of our stories will be focusing on how um, UTSA is implementing a new program similar to our PACE program here at Texas State. Um, it's pretty much going to be a carbon copy of our PACE program. And another university up north has contracted, contacted excuse me, Texas State to see how they can use our PACE program as a model for a similar one of their own. So that'll be interesting to, to see and follow up with next week. Definitely, and one thing I'm working on for next week is an update on the continuous flow intersections that are being put in in San Marcos. Over the summer, one was put in on Ocarina Springs Drive and I-35 intersection, and so that's been, I guess, functioning. I've heard people who are still kind of confused about it, but there will be another one being put in quite soon on Hopkins Street and I-35 or State Highway 80, and so... I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they play out and if they plan to maybe put another one on Wonderworld Drive. I know mm -hmm. traffic gets pretty bad over there, too, especially see, at 5 o'clock. Like our city trademark, all these <laughs> continuous flow intersections. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and TxDOT said that'll free up a lot of the congestion that those intersections usually create. So. Which is good, because I know oh going yeah. to Walmart at 5 so o'clock <laughs> is not a fun drive. The faster we can move, the better. <laughs> And then another story that I'm really excited about that we're doing next week is about tuition money, which, you know, involves everyone here. And we're just going to be looking at how much tuition money students waste every time they skip class and see how the school is affected if the university lose money, loses money whenever we don't come regular, regularly and are using financial aid. And so that'll just be an interesting number story to find out. And it'll guilt trip me into going to class. So yeah. I'm excited to see your results about yeah. that. That'd be fun. Definitely pick up one. a paper and read that next week. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week on Inside the Newsroom. Be sure to look for us every Friday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the University Stars website. Leave any questions or comments on the Stars website or tweet at us using the hashtag NewsroomTXST. And don't forget to pick up the University Star and listen to KTSW every week. <laughs>